Whether it's the first sip of French roast at your Disney resort or the grand finale of a signature dining experience at a restaurant like Le Cellier, Chico, or the California Grill, Joffrey's coffees make Disney memories more magical. Why not savor that Disney vacation just a little bit longer while enjoying a cup of Joffrey's in the comfort of your own home? Visit Joffrey's, the official coffee and tea company of Disney, online today at joffreys.com. Joffrey's Coffee and Tea, a flavor for every Disney memory. I was there and you are in <laughs> Your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch, joined tonight by my extraordinary Mickey Dude commentators. We have from New Jersey slash Florida, Joe Quattrochi. Hey, Dave, did you enjoy Epcot 35? No, because I wasn't there. I loved it. <laughs> I was okay. back in I was back in New York, wishing I was at Epcot 35, and I don't want to talk to you anymore because you were at Epcot 35 and I wasn't. So moving on, I'm going to go across the pond to our Scottish extraordinaire, Stephen Maxwell. I'm surrounded by idiots. Just yes, Joseph. <laughs> Just Joseph in this case. Now we have a little bit of a conundrum at the Mickey Dudes. Uh, we were supposed to have our boots on the ground, as you may say, our Instagram extraordinaire, Michael Fernandez, on with us, who is going to actually start coming into the rotation more often. Round of applause, gentlemen. Yay! Yay! But, of course, in our little conversations of scheduling, I had uh, misunderstood something that he had said and I am totally taking the blame on this because he thought that we were recording tomorrow instead of tonight, and he happens to not be home, so this was actually his idea for a show, so since we cannot have him with us, we figured we would get somebody just as awesome as he is in, and it's always a uh, slobber knocker, and usually, I don't know, it's some type of... Uh, it's fun, but it's usually a train wreck whenever we have her on. But still, she's Looney. She's our own cartoon. She's Miss Rebecca Toon. Hey, howdy, hey. How's it going? Excellent. You're that I girl from the DVC hey. Roundtable, right? No, that's Rebecca White. Oh, okay. <laughs> Steven, I don't like it when my two dads fight, so could you make them behave this evening, please? Honestly, Wait a minute. Now are your dads? Right? I thought, I thought we were your Disney right. husbands. It's like having cats. It's non-stop fighting. <laughs> Have you ever seen such bickering? <laughs> Every week. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, well, thank you for having me again. Um, I'm not as cool as Michael, but uh, I have Michael's answers, so that's almost as good. <laughs> exactly. Since you are here, we figured that you, one, you're going to be bringing some awesomeness to our conversation. And two, you're also going to be speaking for Michael and reporting his answers to us because today, ladies and gentlemen, we are writing a love letter 
to our favorite park, Epcot. Epcot just celebrated 35 years of existence, and we are recording this on October 4th. So this past Sunday was Epcot's 35th anniversary. Our very own Joe, whatever his last name is, was there. <laughs> and before we go into our little love letter of 35 reasons why we love Epcot, Joseph, would you tell us a little bit about your experience at Epcot 35? Epcot 35, Dave, was fantastic, actually. I hate um, you. Did... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, in all seriousness, for our <laughs> listeners out there, for all seriousness, um, it was pretty cool. Pretty much anybody who is uh, who has a pretty good following on social media was there. Um, Adam DeWoo was there. All the major podcasts were there. Um, it was very crowded very quickly. Uh, we got there, my wife and I got to Epcot around quarter to seven. We drove over uh, from uh, Oakey West and we figured the buses wouldn't be running yet. And by the time we got there, there was probably already about 50 or 100 people in line. Within about 15 minutes of us being there, it was the monorail ramp. It was, it was jammed already past the monorail ramp. It was exciting. Um, like I said, everybody who had a big social Disney social media presence was there. Um, people were singing happy birthday to Epcot before the gates were even open. Uh, which was pretty cool. I mean, how often do you see a rope drop an hour and a half before and people are, you know, singing happy birthday Epcot, you know? Let me ask you a question. Was uh, our security guard friend Steve Hood there uh, leading everybody in the uh, singing of happy birthday Epcot like he does whenever uh, he sees somebody with a button as he's uh, usually uh, doing security screenings? I was not aware if that was him up in the front. I was in the middle of the pack. Um, so I was not sure. I know he has a new position with Walt Disney World Security, so I don't. Oh think yeah, he's he, with the canine unit. Yeah, he is so a he canine unit now. So I don't think he would be doing that. But they had all kinds of security up front for rope drop, as long uh, as well as managers up front. So, um, but everybody was very behaved. It was, it was actually pretty exciting. Um, everybody brought out their retro Epcot stuff, which was really cool. Anybody who had the old school Epcot logo was rocking their shirts, rocking their hats. I saw people wearing Epcot hats from probably 1985. It's like I saw great. a price tag on one for like six ninety nine. That was like one from way back in the That's day. That's awesome. Like, you can you imagine? Tag no, the price tag, and it was like it was clearly like dot matrix printing, and I'm like six ninety nine for a baseball cap. Like you can't get a lollipop there no, for six no. ninety nine. <laughs> so it was, so it was pretty. It was, it was pretty cool. It was just really cool seeing how into it people got. And the funny thing was is that if you looked at the demographic of the crowd that was there, there was not one person with a stroller there. It was all people like probably early 30s and up. Like Ep we were there when we were kids for Epcot and it was the older crowd. It was not one child there, which is nothing wrong with that. But you can just see the different demographic for the celebration rather than the Magic Kingdom. Big creative shirts out there. I saw one guy who had who was dressed figment head to toe with like a figment like he had like a plush on his head had the figment apron on like the figment like uh, the the oven mitts from he probably just bought a food and wine like it was some pretty pretty creative stuff but they passed out the special park maps which were really cool they passed out buttons everybody I was told by the end of the night that they had extras left over they were just giving them out to people. My um, friend got a stack of about maybe forty of the uh, maps. He just yeah asked they were the cast they member. Were 
they were definitely a little stringy in the beginning of the day. They were handing out one per person, and like they wouldn't let you just go up to the, you know, the stand where they were and just grab as many as you could. But, um, but everybody, you know, once they let you in at nine o'clock, right on the dot, like they did not let you in a minute early, which was unfortunate. But everybody essentially rushed to either two locations. Uh, one was for Mouse Gear for the uh, Funko Pop figments, which I know Dave you love, which I have too. Uh, and then everybody else went to Interventions uh, West and uh, right next to the same side as uh, the Baymax meet and greet. And that was where all the I was there uh, merchandise for Epcot 35 was being sold. Um, there was a little bit of a crazy rush there. Uh, my wife went over to Mouse Gear. She got two of the uh, Funko bands, which was really cool. Those were limited edition. And of the one band, it was about 3,000 made and one was like 2,500. So we got one of each. And uh, there were two different designs. One design was um, it was a red band with all of the original uh, pavilion logos and figment on it. And the other band was the old school crystal statue that went up front um, that they took down, which it never should have gotten rid of. I think it was kind of a cool statue, that glass thing with the old logo on it. So that was know. A, yeah, that was any other. You've seen pictures of it. No, I haven't, actually. I'm sure you have. So anyway, so um, <laughs> smart beep. So. Uh, <laughs> But actually, the cast members were really good. We got our merchandise. It only took about 45 minutes from Rope Drop to check out. Um, but as we left, we went and we watched the um, the uh, the show, the ceremony, which started late. It was about 10, 15 when it started. But by the time we left, the merchandise line had stretched. You know, they said to the turnstiles, it was going down towards the resort buses. It was crazy. I heard the lines were as long as four hours at one time. Whoa. But uh, I ended up getting one of pretty much everything. Uh, See, <laughs> so I won't even wait on the merch line for two minutes. I feel like this is a good point, a good time for you to give your wife a shout out because she was definitely the yes, long was... suffering <laughs> Disney yes, widow. For, first of all, for her to wake up that early in the morning on her vacation to go and stand in, uh, you know, a rope drop line for over two and a half hours, which is something we don't do anymore. Uh, and then to go off on her own and stand in line at Mouse Gear to get two figment Funko Pops and some Magic Barrett. Shout out, to my to Shout out to my lovely wife, Jennifer. I love you to death, babe. But it was really cool just um, being a part of it. You know, the, the ceremony was pretty cool. Um, they had the Voices of Liberty were out there. They had uh, the mariachi band was out there. Um, and then they also had a representative from each pavilion and each country with like, a, you know, the sign. And they were kind of like, you know, they would walk around in their uniform. So I think they, I think those cast members felt like celebrities where, um, everybody was there. Like when they first walked out taking pictures, it was like a red carpet runway deal. Like they were all smiling and stuff. So it was pretty cool. There was a few uh, words from the vice president Epcot. I forgot her name off the top of my head and the president of Walt Disney world. By the way, she's hot. She's very good looking. Yes. Yeah. She's a looker. And it was a George Palagritis is the president of Walt Disney World. He was there. And the ambassador guy, I forgot his name off the top of my head. But uh, it was good. It wasn't that long, but it was good. And uh, it was just fun to be there. And uh, we ran into a lot of people that we knew. Uh, so some people on social media that are, you know, the big prominent people, like I said, Adam the Woo was there and uh, stuff like that. So it was kind of cool to have a who's who there, who's who at uh, Epcot 35. So it was fun. I'm glad I went. Awesome. I, I got to experience button. Epcot 30, and honestly, I don't remember Nobody cares, it because, it's yeah, I was just, drunk. Just kidding, the whole babe. day. 
Uh, one more thing, Dave, in all seriousness, um, and you had you had mentioned this to me that uh, they were going to have a special illuminations to make sure not to miss it. And uh, I was going to call into the last show, as we discussed before we started taping, and uh, I ran from the studios with my wife, my lovely wife, and we got to the bridge by the boardwalk, and we just caught it when it was starting. And it was amazing. You were definitely right about it. Um, it just seemed different, and then the finale at the end was just, like, ridiculous. Did you so, actually go in? They wouldn't let us in because it already started. Ah, uh, Okay. However, um, I was told by um, Rebecca Benfluth, who's there with his wife, Kaylin, that they are going to be uh, supposedly running that. I'm sorry, no, Tim, Tim Elbing told me this from Three Sheets of the Mouse, that they're running that finale through uh, the end of the year. So oh, really? You're down really? At, you're down at, yeah, that's, what, that's what they said. They were on Tim I Elbing. I thought it was only for four days. No, Tim Elbing and Adam, uh, they went on the Illuminations uh, anniversary cruise for Epcot 35, and they said that their captain said they were running that through the end of the year. That's what All they right, said. Cool. So, so if that is happening, if you're down at Epcot, make sure you catch Illuminations as much yeah. as possible. We're down was, there for wine and dine, so I'll have to take a look. It was awesome. Seriously That's worth cool. it. That's cool, yeah. So oh, that the, was, the video uh, I saw was amazing. So that was my experience at everybody's favorite park. Epcot is just awesome. I mean, really, it's just, is awesome. It, honestly, it's, it's looks like it's out of 1982 still, but it's, it's effing awesome. I mean, it's just, I love it. So I was really glad to be there for its birthday and we all love it too. So. And hence, that is why tonight we are sending our video love letter, our audio love letter to Epcot. Dear Epcot, how do I love thee? Let me count the 35 ways. going to start with our esteemed special guest Rebecca what is one way that you love Epcot so do you want me to tell you mine or Michael's first I want you to give one reason we're gonna do this as a round robin so go with okay. your first reason all right so my first reason um, which I was surprised that I didn't see but like my happy place when I'm having a craptacular day um, I will put on either the audio or the bootleg video that I've recorded several times of Soren, and immediately in there. It's not a thrill ride per se. It's not a roller coaster. Um, I will say I like the original version more than the new version, but it is my favorite ride park wide. If I only could ride one one ride for the rest of Disney lifetime, Soren would be the one I would choose. I have actually taken the video from Soren over California, cut an orange, put my put one of the student desks in front of the smart board, put on a fan, and then actually gone outside to the pine tree and cut a piece of, of branch off and watched the video on my free period when I'm ready to kill at school. At we cannot, Not that like... I'm ready to kill anybody. I'm just, I'm saying use the word ready to kill as I'm just, when I'm just stressed out. And I have just like grooved out to Soren, and it's still not the same. But when you have the little fan in front of you and you're creating your own version of Soren, it's just pure Zen. Hey, Dave, can... if, if you want to cut my grass, you can come over and do that and get the feel for the new version. <laughs> I can top that. No, I, I don't like the new walking, version. I was walking down the hallway at school the other day, and someone had um, gotten sick to their stomach and vomited, and so they'd put in that 
orange like sawdust over it. So for like a split second, I caught like that citrus smell and I just like the music, the you know, the video, like it was all it all came together. And I, I don't know, Soren is just um I love that ride. I, I know it's not everybody's favorite and that's okay, Steven. But I do love that ride. I love Soren, I really do, but it's not my favorite ride in Disney World, definitely not. Our Tron ride is coming soon, Stephen. Don't worry about Yay. it. It's coming back. Wait for that. This is not the topic of tonight's conversation, though. <laughs> Either it's such a smelling vomit, you know? But that's a great segue over to Stephen. So, what is yours? Yeah, I'm going to the other side of the park. I'm going to Mission Space. Uh, Speaking of vomit. Would... <laughs> yeah. You do get your sick bags in Mission Space, I must admit. And I always do the the wild version rather than the just start the, the other version. I, I, I don't I don't see there's any point in doing this the sort of static version uh, of Mission Space. But I've I've not seen a new one yet. I'll do that at the end of this month when I I get back. But uh, I just love the way that, it's a bit interactive. You're a bit more to do rather than just going on a ride I know it's only pressing a button but you feel as if you're actually doing something within the ride to make it go uh, and I, I really like Mission Space, it's, it's one of my favourite rides, maybe not as, as favourite as Soaring but uh, <laughs> it was one of my favourite rides and let's go back to Becca for Michael's first answer because I really don't feel like hearing Joe at the moment okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I would just like to go on record for saying I'd like to hear from Joe. But I will say... oh, we'll hear from him eventually. But after his little, after his little, I was there and you are and him and him. I'm punishing guys. him by making him stay, stay quiet in the corner for a little while. <laughs> so Michael's first one was the, and I love this. This is this is a great answer. I actually would have picked it if he hadn't. Is the Epcot entrance loop the music? Um. I feel like there's nothing like Epcot music in general. That's one of the reasons I love Soren as a music, but I feel like there is nothing like Epcot music. It is a whole, it, it's just an amazing world. It drags you in. It keeps you sort of focused on what's happening. It's got the perfect tempo. Um, it'll come up a lot in our conversation, I feel like, tonight. So his specific one, though, was the entrance loop. And at this point, I believe the uh, Future World loop is being played. I think Innovations, because that loop is just so awesome. So I like using that when we throw the show together. So chances are that's probably playing in the background because we added in post-production. But <laughs> enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. Joseph, what's your first one? Well, just for the record, if when they redo the entrance and stuff to the new Epcot. I really hope they keep all that music. Like all seriousness. Like they, if, they, Stop it. if they were to they were to, if they were to change that would be heartbreaking. But uh I'm gonna go with um and this is something that's kind of there but it's not and we saw it a lot um for the celebration was I love the original Epcot logo. And I was really sad to see it go. I know if they want to drop the center from Epcot Center, I understand that. But the original Epcot logo, I'm, I'm really excited to see them bring it back, at least on a lot of merchandise. Uh, I heard on a different podcast um, at one of the D23 events uh, during uh, 
on the on the celebration day that they explained what the logo meant. It was like five different rings intertwined and the circle in the middle was to represent the earth and the hope and all that kind of good stuff. And I really didn't know that there was a meaning to the logo, but that logo just means Epcot. I love it. I mean, it's it just also something forms that, a flower. A flower too. Yes, that was one of the things as well. Thank you, Dave. So when did, when did they stop using that? Do you know? Oh, gee, Dave, was that closer to like the when uh, the two thousand? Like the Millennium Celebration, like when they... Honestly, I'm the wrong person to ask because I didn't go to Disney uh, until 2010, so I really never experienced it. I wish they would bring it back, honestly. I mean, if there you want to bring it Sorry, go ahead. No, I said, I mean, they're, you know, they're, there's a lot of merchandise with it and stuff like that, but just you want to drop the center, fine, but bring back that logo. That logo. It's, just, now, it's awesome. Are you aware that there is a permanent logo in the park? Yes, it's uh, behind the fountains going towards uh, World Showcase. Yes, you can see it from Exactly. Space. And as oh, a matter cool. of fact, it is supposed to be placed right at the center of Walt Disney World. I have heard that too as well, yes. So, it's, so not kinda... the, it's not the exact center because when they were doing it, there was like some type of work going on. There was some trees and everything. Workmen were working, so it's a little bit off-centered, but it may be... 50 feet or something from one side to the other. I learned this taking the uh, Undiscovered Future World tour uh, last summer. I always try to do one tour on my summer trip over there. And this time it was the uh, Future World one. Really interesting stuff out in the open that you really might not necessarily notice. Uh, if anybody does have a chance to take that tour, it is definitely phenomenal. And and well worth the money. Message to hot Epcot Vice President, bring back the logo, please. Listen, Cam Newton, if you could knock it off, that'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to make Becca happy, although she was very angry at me when I first uh, started with this one because we brought Becca in last minute. As much as we love you, Becca, you were a replacement tonight, so I'm I'm happy to be your plan B, Dave Koch. (laughs) Sloppy seconds. That's Planned. staying in. That is so staying in. <laughs> if I had a shot of tequila for every time I've heard that. Well, we can get it at one at my number one place, La Cava del Tequila, because hey, Epcot alcohol, the perfect combination, unless you're a woman soccer player. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> Yep. But La Cava del Tequila is always a good time with anybody. If you can get on the lines, uh, my I have some fond memories of a lot of my running friends. Shout out to Team Shenanigans out there. And uh, so that uh, Joseph doesn't get a little uh, annoyed and get his panties in a bind. Shout out to the Resort Root Block Tears. Well said, Dave. Thank you. I was just actually yeah. thinking that. <laughs> I thought you were thinking about Adriana. <laughs> Shout out, Adriana. <laughs> think I'm like being unfaithful to my wife if they're listening to this. I love my wife very much. I love your wife very much too. <laughs> I love his wife very much too. She's awesome. She is and awesome. I could just
I have had so many nice post-race and just uh, race weekend hangouts over at La Cava with some really good people that have enriched my life in ways that just I never imagined. And anytime I think of La Cava because of this, it's more of a sentimental, I'm lucky to have some amazing friends. It's not maybe as much as I like tequila. It's more of the... Although tequila is good, it's more of the idea of being together with good people in one of my favorite places on earth. So, moving on, Joseph, what's another one on your list? All right, Dave. So, the other thing I love to do, or one of the things I love to do, is walking around Epcot at night. Doesn't matter if it's Future World or if it's World Showcase. Uh, walking around Epcot with a drink, it's there's just nothing better. It's one of my favorite things to do. Every time I walk at Epcot, I tell my wife, I love Epcot at night. She's like, I know you love Epcot at night. You say it every time. That'd be another thing is just walking around Epcot, either World Showcase Promenade or Future World at Night. One of my top things to do. Well, speaking of a beer, Becca, can you read one of uh, Michael's on the I list? can. So speaking of beer and other fine spirits, Michael's number two on his list is the Rosen Crown in Epcot's UK Pavilion. And I will speak from personal experience here for just a moment because I wholeheartedly agree with Michael. Um, we had an experience over New Year's last year where we were in the Rose and Crown and discovered that um, you can buy a drink and you can make it a double for like a buck 25 more. So I'm not sure why you wouldn't do that, but also they'll sell you two of those. So you can have a double double. For I think like that's what more I think that's what drink. some of the female soccer players did. They made a I double. mean possibly, but I drink responsibly and don't like make fool of myself. So there's that. <laughs> and Stephen, how do you feel about the rose and crown? Uh, oh, Stephen, no. you cut out. So sorry. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the rose and crown is probably what Americans would think that a British pub is actually like. It is nothing like it. I have been there. I have had the half yard of ale in there, but the the beer that they sell is I think the last time I was there it was Harp, which is not even sold over here now. You know, so I think they've maybe just shipped all the the stock they've ever had at Harp and put it in the Rosen Crown just to get rid of it. <laughs> Oh, the crap is over here. I feel like yeah. you feel about the Rosen Crown the way we feel about the American Pavilion and the food that Probably. they sell. Probably. Yeah. Because well, it's right you in see... your doorstep. I mean, you know, you know America inside out. It's just like, I've said this in a, a previous podcast. This is, what do you prefer, Mexico or the UK Pavilion? It says, well, I can step outside and I'm in the UK Pavilion, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, agreed. You see, my thinking on the Rosen Crown for Stephen it would be like Gilligan getting off the island and then offering him a coconut. <laughs> true. But I, I can absolutely understand, Michael. I love, I do love the Rose and Crown. It's not because I feel that it's authentic. It is because I actually believe that the people in there are really friendly. They're some of the best people you can stand around and chat to. We've had some of our best conversations with other tourists there. So I don't necessarily love it for the authenticism but i do love it for the environment i love the hat lady i love listening to the show i love the dream she's still there uh last i heard now i could be wrong but last i was there she was there but they actually have one of the better um martinis that i've uh, dirty martinis 
that I've ever had in Disney World. So um, we always pay it a visit. And like I said, I think it's more because of the atmosphere than anything else. Now, I kind of agree as far as conversations, but as it's not Rosen Crown for me. This leads me to mine. I have some of the best cast member conversations when I go to Restaurant Marrakesh. This is definitely one of the most underrated restaurants in Epcot. The food is delicious. People are kind of not... People are reluctant to try it because they might not be uh, familiar with Moroccan food or any type of Middle Eastern food. Uh, me coming from New York City and having uh, being from Queens and having a representative of every country on earth within five miles from me. Uh, there's all sorts of ethnic food around here. So I grew up having uh, quite the uh, international palate. Most people, I'm sure, that might not necessarily be the case. So they're a little bit more afraid to maybe try it. But you can always walk in. Even though it's not as busy, there there is always people in there. The cast members are really friendly. The, the belly dancer puts on a good show. And it's just really exquisite food in that way. So I'm going to make that one of my reasons why I love Epcot. Obviously, uh, Becca has uh, scoffed when the, I said that. So, Becca, your thoughts on Restaurant Marrakesh? It's not my favorite. <laughs> I actually love the cuisine. I love the food. I mean, I love that type of food. We have a local place here that we go. I love their quick service in Morocco. I just, it's not, um, I think, I feel like it's not a, enough of a cut above their counter service to I go into. I think what they probably do with it is they, they have to disney it so they can't make Absolutely. it too spicy. Whereas, whereas I'll get in my neighborhood and stuff like that, because, but I think it's more of just a novelty for me. Yeah, I, I think if you were with a group, especially with the belly dancer and the, the vibe, I think it would probably be a lot of fun. Um, I've only been there with a couple of people and it just wasn't, um, it, it's certainly not the first place I'd rush back to. That's all I'll say. All right. Um, Steven, are, are we still on the second round? Yeah. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Stephen. Yep. I go to the marketplace in the Mexico Pavilion. I just think the ambience and the dark area inside, it looks as if you are in the middle of the night. Uh, and you see the, the temple in the background and you see the wee boats going round uh, and the restaurant. And they sell all these different things, obviously, from Mexico, including the sombreros uh, and the piñatas. I always like a piñata, uh, but you're in there, and then you can you can spend ages in there just going through the wee sort of market stalls, uh, and there's not much to do. And then obviously you can jump in a boat ride if you want, boat ride, <laughs> baby. <laughs> and then depending, obviously, if it's during the day, you can back out, and the sun is just blistering your eyes, <laughs> and you, you just. You screw up your eyes as soon as you come out, but I love that place. Uh, I do spend a lot of time in there, and obviously, when you come back out, you can have your tequila. In it. Or the last time I did, I came back out and had a frozen tequila, which was really nice. Frozen margarita. Excellent. And Becca, Excellent. what about you? 
Um, so since you stole my Lakava tequila, I um, love you, Becca. I love you too. <laughs> I, I love you too, but I'm gonna find a little loophole here. <laughs> All right, Chuck. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I love about Epcot is Umberto at Lakava Day Tequila. <laughs> Um, Umberto is actually one of the tequila ambassadors over there, and actually I'm gonna I'm gonna combine this with uh, Umberto, and then there's also another gentleman that works over in the Art of Disney Store. His name is Eddie, and you can usually find him at the desk there, doing drawings and things like that. And I've probably seen Eddie probably since the very first time I've ever been to Epcot, and it's 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 not specifically Eddie and Umberto, although they are two of my favorites. And Umberto's always happy to share his sombrero with you. But it is that family that you sort of build as you go year after year after year. You start seeing the same people and you start recognizing the same people. And um, I can actually walk into the Art of Disney store to see if Eddie's working there. And the minute he sees me, he remembers my name and remembers where I'm from and asks me if I'm running a race this weekend or, or whatever. It, it is it is the people, I think, much like every other park in, Magic, in Disney World, it is the people that make the parks. And um, I think we saw that during the hurricanes. I think we've seen that during every um, every visit we've ever made, that it's the cast members that are at the heart of the parks. And, and these are two particular ones that I remember each time. So um, I think I have a connection to them only because I spend a lot of time in Epcot, but they certainly do um, hold a very special place in my heart. It's He's just nice guy. like everybody who goes and uh, says hi to Richard at the Grand Floridian. Yes. Guys, awesome. Like, they are as much of an attraction as any ride. I mean, it is, it's amazing how that, and, and anytime people ask me, why do you keep going back? That is always at the top of my list, is the, the people that I've met there over the years. This is true. One of those people is Joseph, who I met over there. And Joe, give us your third thing. So I've noticed, Dave, as we're going through these, a lot of mine are not necessarily things, but they're all experiences and the way I feel about things when I'm there. So this one, and all of you guys know, as you've been in Disney with my wife and I, is that um, I love the sunshine seasons and the shun- sunshine <laughs> season smell. Oh, God. Sorry, so I'm Jennifer. I'm He's sure boring. half of our listeners out there are like, oh, my God, it's disgusting. And some of them are like, that's awesome. But I love that smell when you walk into sunshine seasons. And it's got that like nauseating smell that like my wife hates, but I absolutely love it. I love it. I don't know why. I have no idea why. It's my second favorite quick service in all of Disney World behind Captain Cook's. Um, you can always get something good to eat in there. There's always like, um, it's always cold beer in there if you need a beer while you're in Future World. But just that smell is just one of those smells that like, like David likes the orange smell or whatever. That's if I could bottle that and take it home, I would. See, I, I'm I don't crazy. Your wife wouldn't let you open the bottle. <laughs> yeah, she would not well, let me well, open it. Well, that's the thing. I don't remember the smell of it. I just oh, feel I like I'm going into a clean, quick service restaurant. I kind of scoffed at it because I know how your wife feels about it and everything. And I was just thinking that uh, it'll be World War Three in your house if she heard oh, you. She, she hates it. I actually found a Sunshine Seasons t-shirt on Tee Public, and I was going to buy it for her as a joke. <laughs> she would never wear it. I'd probably end up wearing it or buying my size, but, you know. I, I just love say, it. So I would love to see you in a woman's cut. Like, if you had to define that smell, what would you, how would I, you define it? I do. You can't. That's the, like, I, I, there's nothing like it. It's like a cross between a dumpster and like, 
you know, like when you're like in an alley and there's like a dumpster back there, but it smells good. It's like it's almost like that. No, but no, I, Joe, I've not experienced that. Always the best thing to have for a restaurant smell. I've never experienced a smell with Sunshine Seasons. I don't even think I've ever smelled. I don't think I've ever smelled Sunshine Seasons. Dave, next time you go, just. I will text you, remind you. It's it's a weird smell, but I love it. It just brings back good memories. It's just one of those things. I don't know why, but it never changes. It's always there. And uh, I love the Lamp Pavilion, too. So. I don't think but, I picked it up until you and I went in there and you pointed it out. And I didn't, even then I didn't notice it until we got on the land and started moving around and it went away. And then when we came back, I was jewel. like, oh. No, it's not me, Steven. If I smell like that, I'd be smelling myself all the time. So. <laughs> Well, not that we all want to sniff Joe, but with that kind of said, uh, Becca, what's your next one? My next one is, um, okay, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go again to the music. So I love the Illuminations fireworks. Um, it is it is actually probably my favorite fireworks show in Disney right now. But the reason it is my favorite is because I love the music. Um, when I ran my first half marathon in Disney for the Wine and Dine, I timed my playlist so that that was my final, that was the final sound, song I listened to when I was finishing. Yes! I have it, finished races right? with that. It, it like pushes you, it sort of pushes you right that whole, to the finish line. Yeah, I mean, there's that, no, especially Right that, there, that like, straight away, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. It's the nine minute mark, you're like, yes! And yeah. I love the fade, I love the we go on, that, um, when I started taking my children to Disney as a single mom, that song was hugely significant to us. And when you listen to the lyrics from that song, there are very few people who aren't sort of caught up in what the lyrics are saying. So I get again, so yeah, I, I, I absolutely do. Um, we did an Illuminations cruise a few years ago and we were out on the water and the reflection of the fireworks on the water and the music, it was just, like, it is the trifecta of amazing. So back to Epcot music, but specifically the music from Illuminations. Um, there is no world in which I can be unhappy when I hear that music. It is just, it. I will stick around in a restaurant just to hear the music, even if I'm not even seeing the fireworks. It's amazing to me. Nice. Steven? Yeah, I'm going over to Arendelle. Oh, sorry, Norway. Uh, and it's where everybody has to get their picture in the Norway Pavilion in the wee shop next to the troll. Exactly. <laughs> Rebecca's just putting the, her finger up her nose there. Uh, everybody gets a picture taken with the troll. Uh, it's just one of these sort of, you've got to do. Uh, obviously, it's a big, big thing in, in Norway. And I've got stories with trolls. Uh, but I just think it's must be about a six foot throw. <laughs> uh, and it's one of the ugliest things you'd probably see in Epcot. Uh, but no, no, it's probably one of the most photographed things over in World Showcase. Uh, and, and the one that was in Maelstrom, it had to disappear, disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I would have ever thought about the troll, but I have, like, I've measured the height of my children over the years to how far up to the nose they've come. So that's 100% accurate. So yeah. what was one of Everybody Mike's? Everybody goes to that. Okay, so Mike's next one. Hold, please. Um, 
Um, Michael wishes to thank the Phoenicians on Spaceship yes. Earth. <laughs> well said, Michael. Michael's number three is Spaceship Earth. Um, boy, how iconic is this ride? Like, it's let's all be just honest, like completely honest for a minute. It's not fun. There's no thrill. There's there's nothing about this ride that's entertaining. Hold on, it's... hold on. Putting your face in the wee guy when you're actually getting up, I think that's great. <laughs> There's just so much shtick and just sentimental. Like this is the ride where I fear if they ever get. I mean, this is this is like that ride of Epcot that um, we can recite from memory. And speaking of smells, my, um, you know, you go through that one spot where Rome is burning, and I, I had a friend that defined it as as smoked baloney. I never could think of every sunshine time I go seasons. through that. Yes, yeah, Sunshine Seasons. Every time I go through there now, I think of Smoke Baloney. And there's the monk sleeping at his desk and the Phoenicians and the scientist in her hot pants and white, you know, white coat, who I definitely want to be for Halloween one year. Yes. And My friend was her one time for I, a race. I love that. I, there's just so much to love about this this ride. From, you know, to Joe's point about the architecture, you know, the 80s, you know, architecture and things like that. There's, it's just so, um, it's so nostalgic. And it makes you remember kind of what Walt was thinking and what his vision for Epcot in general was. So, um, I love that Michael mentioned this one. You see, now, this ride makes me think of my friend Sarah's boobs. <laughs> okay. And the reason being was she was a cast member, and her younger brother David was visiting her one time, and on their day off, she went over to Epcot, took him over to Epcot, and they're doing spaceship earth and when they smile for the camera she smiles he smiles they do the whole ride and when it comes to in the whole in the future part one of the pictures is sarah's face and where her brother david's face would be instead was just a picture of sarah's cleavage so you have a body with a picture of my friend sarah's cleavage just walking around in the future and then i'm thinking of my friend david like He's getting really angry because he was looking forward to seeing his picture and instead he has to stare at his sister's cleavage <laughs> at this point. And the other one is Sarah's face. And every time she t tells me this story, I just, it, it, it's just, every, I have to like text her whenever I'm on the ride when that comes on and everything and just like say, yeah, uh, the cameras are working properly this time around. and. She always responds with a, she always responds with an LOL and stuff like that. And when I ran the last Wine and Dine race, we ran as Spaceship Earth characters, and I texted her as a joke. I'm like, "Hey, Sarah, guess what? I'm going to be running as your boobs." So. <laughs> hey, Dave. I, I just I, and I know Steven said he was excited about that too, but I don't know if it was just something recent. But I went on it twice last week, and neither time the flash still goes off. They do not use your picture anymore. What? So I don't know, yeah, I don't know if that part was just not working, but I went on it two separate times on two separate days, three or four days apart, and it used a stock um, like computer image. So oh, you would go, it would it would say look up the camera and smile, whatever, and you would do it. When you came back down, it was a stock male and female. So I don't know if that's mm -hmm. gone away right now. I know there were some issues, hence Dave's friends, sisters, cleavage got photographed. Um, maybe the technology's <laughs> not good like anymore. Five years ago. 
But I'm just saying, you know, it's maybe a little outdated. Um, but yeah, that's that was not working as of uh, the week leading up to Epcot 35. So well, this does remind me of when we did start recording tonight. This is when we were on Skype and Dave decided to take his top off. And <laughs> for a while, all we got was Dave's cleavage in the Skype picture for him, which was not very exciting at all. <laughs> I was showing off my pectoralis major. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. with that I'm going to change the subject and bring it to <laughs> one of all of our favorite things about Epcot because he's just that awesome two tiny wings eyes big and yellow horns of a steer but a lovable fellow from head to tail Joe that is an awful hat <laughs> just for the record I'm worried about Epcot he's yellow and purple pigment hat. And there we have a figment. Love figment segment. is just awesome. I wish I knew about figment when I was younger because I would have had everything figment in my house if I went to Epcot at an earlier time in my life. I had um, fell in love with figment the first time I walked into Epcot. Journey into Imagination was one of the first rides that I rode. And it reminded me of a couple of rambunctious students that I have that are always kind of getting into trouble that most of the teachers don't want to deal with. I happen to be the one that ends up uh, really connecting with that uh, off-the-wall, too-much-sugar-eating child. I guess I was one of them. And they kind of... The the kids that are more of the challenges are the ones that I kind of feel that I've uh, really have to take a little bit more time with and I get a better relationship with them after learning how to uh, deal with them in their mannerisms. So a lot of r- kids that I really enjoyed teaching and everything that I was kind of missing on my summer vacation kind of reminded me in some way of Figment. On top of that, I had a new puppy at home that was just getting into everything and going, uh, getting, driving me nuts just like the way Figment... Uh, gets Dr. Nigel Tranning all uh, crazy, so it was just one of those things. I just fell in love with this little guy, and ever since, he's just become my uh, spirit animal. He's probably one of the... I'm I'm really happy to see that. I know Disney put out that survey maybe a couple months ago, and they were asking people if they recognized Mm. Figment or not. People were getting all nervous. If they do replace Imagination, I really Mm -hmm. hope that they really bring Figment somewhere else into the park. Make, you know, making the official park mascot. I, just, I love seeing him on all this merch now. I, I love it. Hence, I'm wearing too. The, the hat right now. I, think, I mean, like, it's he's I fantastic. They, I think if they do redo Imagination and maybe put it in, uh, inside out, I think that they're going to keep... I think they would have to keep Figment in, in some way, shape, or form, incorporate him into that ride or something like that. I can't see with all of the stuff that they've been given out as far as Figment-wise, be it Food and Wine, Epcot 35... He's always showing up on all this merchandise. I don't think that they would get rid of him for that reason. If he is a big seller over there still, so and honestly, I kind of think that he be should a, be around for a last, while. It could be a, a last Ferrari before it finally goes. Adios. I hope not. But why would they? Why would they risk putting all that merchandise in if he's not that popular? People might not. Why would they risk making all that merchandise for people not to buy? 
Look at all these nutters waiting four hour lines to get things that's shaped like them. <laughs> it's easy money. They're just, oh, we'll do a special event. Oh, yeah, four hour lines. We'll go and sell millions of these things. Yeah, but every special no event now has figment stuff and people yeah. buy it up. He's an interesting phenomenon, too, because I, I actually had, I didn't come to Epcot until after he was gone. And so I don't remember any of the early iterations of him because I did not go to Ep I didn't go to Disney as a child. I came only as an adult. But Ep but Figment is one of the things that I have become um, a fan of, in spite of the fact that he that he didn't really exist in my Disney World. Yeah, I um, never but his saw the reputation one that everybody fell him. in love with. Yeah, yeah. and and to be honest, the ride isn't that great it's kind no, of no it's easy. not but there is something about the concept of him that figment of imagination that creativity that speaks to i think people who um embrace epcot in general and he i became a fan of his um without ever actually knowing who he was he represents like old school epcot he's like that yeah. one last like so many things have changed. Like there's really no original stuff left. I think the only technically the only original attraction left is that is the movie out in France, I believe technically, but he is like, he's still like that one piece of future world, even though spaceship earth is pretty much almost the same. I mean, now they changed narration and stuff like that, but Figma represents that early eighties into early nineties Epcot that we've all, you know, for most part, I know you guys didn't go as kids, but like, I mean, it's like, yeah, I There's didn't a... go, but I bought into it. Like the moment I walked through the gate the first time in Epcot, I bought into that concept. And that, I think that's an interesting um, commentary on Epcot itself. I mean, trust me, I, I'm one of those people that waited for 45 minutes for this merch. And if it didn't have figment all over it, if just if it had Ratat Ratatouille, just for example, just put something else in there, I don't think I would have got as nuts for it. I, I don't think I would have, but I love figment too. You know, he's one of my top characters, him, the orange bird, you know, Goofy. I mean, like, those are, like, my top three, probably. And, like, I go nuts for like, that stuff. I mean, so. Yeah. He strikes it's a cool thing. Like, I, I, I hope that he sticks around for a while. Awesome. Steven, did you give your third yet? Yeah. Yeah, my name is the and troll. And Becca, did you give your third? Uh, Yes. And Joe, you gave you a third. I did, yes. And ladies and gentlemen, we are running a bit late on this show, and we still have a lot more to talk about in Epcot, so this is going to be a two-parter. So with that, let's go around the table, and everybody tell us where we can be found on the various social media. Steven. Yep, you can get me on Twitter at SJMDisney, or on Facebook at Stephen James Maxwell. Excellent. Joseph? You can find me on Twitter at Joe Quite. You can also find me over with Rebecca Toon, or Rebecca White, at the resortloop.com DVC Roundtable Monthly. Becca, where can I find you? Like Joe said, you can find me at the DVC Roundtable. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook at BeccaBerry73. And you can find me on Twitter at Figments Reality, hence the whole Figment phenomenon. And you can find the Mickey Dudes on on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes and our blog content at www.themickeydudes.com. Can't wait to continue this. Ladies and gentlemen, have a magical day.
You've just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you again real soon. Hey, Joe. Yes, I'm listening. You know how you can tell if somebody's a runner? How? Don't worry, they'll tell you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>